You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're joined in uh, this portion of our program. I've been looking forward to this discussion for some time. I say that an awful lot, but in this case, I really, really, really mean it. Dr. Susanna Stoika is joining us on our program. Uh, she has an interesting uh, gift that she was born with, and it's the ability to really detect irregularities or stresses in the human energy field and to correct them. We'll talk with her about that and um, about a number of other interesting areas of uh, discussion, too. First of all, it's nice to have you join us on our program. Good morning. Good morning. Nice to be here. That kind of ability, being born with that, what was that like? Uh, in the beginning, I didn't know about it. I was uh, seemingly doing my first healing when I was seven years old. Uh, my mom walked into a window and cut her forehead, and it was a lot of bleeding. And uh, because my father would faint if he saw blood, he asked me as a seven-year-old to bandage her, and I remember, still remember needing to go on the wound and closing it. Uh, didn't think too much about it. Uh, years later, when finally I discovered that I was doing healing as an adult, I told my father about it, and he told, oh, you were doing it when you were seven years old. By the time we got to the doctor, the wound was closed, and the doctor told me to go back to whoever did that. And uh, he was very proud to tell the doctor that it was his seven-year-old. So uh, I discovered much later what I was doing, and that was quite a trip to accept it, because I, being an engineer as a educational background, you are in a completely different world. Uh, while engineering is very precise and you have proof, healing is more uh, a right brain thing. Uh, you, you have to base all your work in your intuition. And you really have to have a good intuition to be able to work with people. Mm. So it is. It was quite a trip to accept my my gift, but I am very, very, very uh, grateful for it and for all the stories that uh, I have with people who got better. I am really, indeed, grateful for it. So you've dealt with people who have had some, in some cases, some really chronic illnesses. Yes. Uh, one of the things I did uh, while I was an engineer, I was always also working uh, after hours in a medical practice. And one of the things that I did was to help doctors diagnose which was the main problem when uh, somebody was uh, chronically ill. Because when somebody neglects to take care of an illness, actually it spreads around the system and more and more organs are out of whack. So it's very difficult to diagnose medically what is the most important thing. And I can see it because uh, in the energy field, I can perceive kind of a timestamp, and I know what happened first, what happened next, and I can tell doctors what the kind of tests to do 
to get immediately to the main sink, and when you pull the rug from that main sink, the person gets uh, very fast, much uh, better. So it's uh, really a nice thing to be able to collaborate with doctors yeah. uh, because they, uh, people need much less uh, tests. We can get immediately to the cause of the problem, and uh, as you know, when somebody is uh, really sick, finding the cause of the problem is very difficult. So I can help doctors with that as well as uh, helping balance the energy field. What's interesting is that we are programmed for healing. Our system is programmed to be healthy. And uh, when we are under stress or uh, we suffer a big shock, uh, this energy field kind of gets tight and can do, cannot function properly. But once a healer comes in and relaxes the field and balances it to work as it's supposed to be, our innate healing system takes over. So the healing healer basically doesn't heal. The healer is an enabler for the energy system to be able to work again properly. One of the things in your background and in your life, you've had the experience of suffering a double concussion. Yes, I did. I uh, fell on ice twice in the same day. I fell backwards from a standing position, nothing on my head, on cement. And the second time I uh, uh, checked out. So it was pretty bad. By the time I had the second uh, injury, I uh, couldn't remember words in any of the languages I speak, and I speak very well three and a few more, not so well. And uh, it took me years to recover. And I was lucky because by that time I knew a lot about brain injuries because I had a special knack of working with brain injuries, which is very interesting. So in the end, I found myself uh, the way to health by choosing the right uh, professionals, by doing what I knew from my experience, I recommended to others to do. So it was quite a battle. Mm, it certainly sounds like it. Um, we're talking with Dr. Susanna Stoika on our program. Uh, Dr. Stoika is uh, sharing information with us. Uh, interesting discussion. We talked about this idea of you having suffered this uh, double concussion. Um, the impact that that had on your everyday life you uh, just touched upon in our discussion. Um, what was it that really um, helped you that you looked to be able to use to help others? Because one of the things that came out of that whole situation, as I understand it, was your book. Uh, actually, several books. Uh, one of the books is uh, Heal Your Brain, Reclaim Your Life in which I put down all my uh, tools that I used to recover both from the brain injury and the other uh, injuries that I suffered at the same time, because you can imagine falling backwards on cement. I had basically my whole system uh, injured. Uh, one of the things that happen with people is that when they have a, a, a brain injury, 
they are not able to uh, judge what things are really helpful for them and what not. And they are sent from one practitioner to the other, and most of them are not useful. So the uh, Heal Your Brain, Reclaim Your Life uh, basically shows people what can they do to be prepared to help doctors to do a better diagnosis, what to do immediately after brain injury to limit the effects of brain injury, which basically means brain swelling, which does most of the damage, and then how to improve cognitive abilities at any age. And one of the things that I used to recover my cognitive abilities was cooking, which is very interesting. I wouldn't have expected it, but my family wanted me to cook again because I liked my cooking, yet it was much healthier than going out to restaurants. So slowly, slowly, I started cooking. And I found that cooking, because I had to go and uh, buy stuff, which made me having to recognize the different things I needed to buy, then I had to cook them and find a way to cook without having a problem when somebody interrupted me. And then uh, having the healthy food, which is very important for brain recovery, all of these together really helped me in my recovery process. So uh, having this uh, extremely good experience, I decided to write a series of therapeutic cookbooks, which are increasingly more difficult and are written in a way in a, uh, that the people with brain injury can really use them. And these books are very well received. People really like them. Uh, I had feedback from therapy places, brain therapy places. Oh, finally, we needed such a book. So, in fact, I have six books uh, for brain injury. Wow. It's very impressive. Dr. Susanna Stoika is talking with us on our program. One of the thoughts that I had... Um, in having this discussion today is also to talk about this test that is available to detect concussion in a way that's said to be better than standard imaging. How does that work? Oh, the, uh, the blood test? Yes. Oh, that's a very interesting thing. Um, they uh, found that there are certain uh, proteins that come uh, are changed when you have a brain injury. And they tested all enzymes, and they tested all sorts of enzymes. Uh, it's similar with the test for uh, heart attack. So they were looking of, of a, uh, and they based the test on the knowledge of the heart attack test. And they found that certain enzymes are changed, are much higher, even if the, a person has a different injury, the brain injury, in the case of brain injury, is much higher. And they, are, they want to use this test to basically sort out the people who really had a brain injury and people who really didn't have a concussion. They fell, but they didn't have a concussion. And they are having pretty good results. The correlation with MRIs and CT scans is pretty impressive. Hmm. That is very interesting. And, I mean, is this something that's um, unique and 
unique to this country, or is this something that's being used in other parts of the world? Oh, it's, uh, it's used in other parts of the world, too. The people are very excited about it, and they are uh, working on uh, a reliable blood test. You know, you think of the impact that this could have on something like traumatic brain injury, which we've touched upon on this show before. I mean, this could be huge. This could be huge because they could test immediately people. What happens uh, when you have a brain injury? Some of them go undetected. And they can go undetected for years. And people don't know about it. They, they are impaired. They find ways around their brain injury. But if these people are uh, under stress for a long time or they have a shock in their lives, these brain injuries can pop up. And I have seen as a healer, I can detect past brain injuries. But mainstream medicine cannot connect a problem which a person has today with a past brain injury. So being able to detect the brain injury right away, even if it doesn't show up on a, on a CT scan or on an MRI, it's a huge thing because then the person can go and rest, can do the right uh, measures to limit the effect of that injury. Mm. It's huge. It's huge. And I, I wish I could work with that, those doctors because I could, using my capability of detecting uh, these silent brain injuries would be extremely important for uh, the development of this test. Sure, because you also could have, you know, things like testing for heart attacks, um, I guess even electrolyte levels as well. Uh, I can test... Uh, uh, irregularities in the energy field, and I can relate which part of the field of the field is out of uh, balance, and I can tell doctors test for such and such an organ, and probably a test which shows such and such a thing would uh, give you the right result. For example, years ago I had a doctor friend who. Uh, called me up and told me, my son is behaving really strangely. Could you please come and see him? And as soon as I started uh, feeling his field, uh, those times I still worked one on one. These days I work at a distance. So, But at that time, I, I uh, as soon as I started test checking him, I uh, felt that he had a brain injury. And he kept falling asleep, which is the typical of brain-injured people. Uh, the brain tries to shut out the outside world. So uh, I woke him up and I said, did you have a brain injury? And do you have headaches? Because I could see that he had an internal breathing. And he confirmed, and I told his dad, let's get to the hospital right away. And uh, he said, can't we wait till tomorrow morning? And I said, no, we have to go. He has a very slow brain bleed, but he, he has to be at the hospital. So we went to the hospital, and his dad asked me, what test should we do? And I said, tell them that he had a slow uh, brain bleed, and it's still happening. They did the MRI test, and they decided, because it was so slow, that this kid had a, had a brain injury, but the bleeding stopped. 
and mm-hmm. they wanted to release him from the hospital. Mm-hmm. The father called me up and asked me, what what should he do? Should he take his son home? And I said, no, uh, leave him there for another 24 hours, because in 24 hours the image would change, and they would see that he has uh, slow bleeding still. Next day he comes, uh, the father and mother comes to the hospital, and they found the beds empty. And, of course, you can imagine the scare. They ask what happened, and the, uh, this young man was in surgery. They said by next morning he was unconscious. And a few hours later he came out of surgery. They released the pressure in his brain, clamped the bleeding, and he was fine. And the doctor, the surgeon came in and told him if he would have uh, taken his son home, the son would have been dead by by that morning. Wow. Yeah. Another case I had uh, a person in, uh, of all places in Europe, uh, and uh, she had a brain bleed. She had an MRI, and they could see the brain bleed. Uh, the family called me up. I was able to stop the bleeding. And then she had another MRI, and they could confirm that it stopped. Very powerful. I mean, the things that you're sharing with us, and you think about, you know, this kind of testing uh, that's being talked about. And as I understand, this is something that's in a testing phase at uh, this point with, I guess it's Abbott's uh, Laboratories. So yeah, they are working with uh, with the San Francisco School of Medicine in. Uh, with a, uh, Dr. Manley, uh, Jeffrey Manley is the one who is heading off this research. It be certainly interesting to see exactly how that uh, does pan out. Dr. Stoika has uh, joined us on our program and is sharing information. We touched upon a little bit in her uh, background, uh, having suffered a uh, double concussion. Uh, she has authored a number of books, including a book entitled Heal Your Brain, Reclaim Your Life, How to Recover and Thrive After Concussion. And concussion is a very, very popular topic in a lot of different areas um, these days. Uh, your website, by the way, is healingbraininjury, that's all as one word, dot com, and there's all kinds of information that is available there. I want to touch upon something that when you mention the word napping, you always get a reaction from people. <laughs> I find the reaction to be anywhere from people who will immediately start to laugh to the people who start to talk about napping almost like they believe it's a religion. Uh, you know, it's something that's so key and a part of their lives. There's a study out that talks about napping actually appearing to lower the risk of strokes as well as heart attacks. What's your reaction to that? I think that uh, it has a uh, validity because what happens in today's world, we are working very long hours, longer and longer hours. We have all sorts of sources of data so we have our computer, iPad, iPhone. Uh, is, we are bombarded by information, and that is very stressful for the brain. 
when we are stressed, what happens? We are uh, you, well, your body uh, would generate the cortisol, which is a stress hormone. Now, if we go and nap, we get into uh, calming our body, reducing this cortisol in our system, which is not very healthy. And uh, one, people who really are power nappers, which some people can sleep 10 minutes and they are fresh. Some people need to sleep half an hour in order to uh, feel good. But these people you will see uh, before and after, and they are a different person after they nap. And it makes a lot of sense for uh, for brain health, for general health, because if you have too much cortisol in your system, first of all, you get a big belly. And uh, we know how many people are, are fighting with it. So there is a lot of stress in our lives, and napping uh, helps with uh, calming down our system. So it's taking a break literally from this stress that so many of us have in our lives on a daily basis? Yes. And one would think this is such a simple concept. Why is it that some people may think, eh, that can't really have a real serious impact? we don't have the tradition in this country. In Mediterranean countries, a siesta is something typical. People just, businesses shut down and people go and rest. That was a traditional thing. Uh, but today, people are so driven to be efficient and more efficient and more efficient. This time for napping disappeared. Most of the people would have their lunch in front of their computer while still working, which is very unhealthy. So we are not used to it. And in a world where, where people are appreciated for working uh, 25 hours in a 24-hour day, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, uh, just not accepted. It's considered as shameful, as uh, childish, as a uh, sign of old age, whatever you want to, uh, to say. So we are not used to it, and people don't accept what they are not used to. So this idea of the power nap that some people talk about where it's, you know, eh, just give me 20 minutes and you know I'm going to feel completely refreshed, that's a valid thing? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, if people are ashamed of uh, sleeping, they can get and have a good power walk and it will they will get a, not the full benefit, but some of the benefit of snapping. Hmm. And this break from stress is going to reduce your overall levels of stress. Of course. Mm -hmm. You calm your system down. Mm-hmm. And then the key thing is not just calming your system down, but trying to keep it that way. Yeah, that's, uh, then you get into meditation, into stretching, like yoga, uh, tai chi. Those all all the systems which are slow movement, not the yoga which is in hot environment and do, done fast. The traditional yoga. 
it's really helpful for reducing the amount of stress, and it's known. People reduce their blood pressure by meditating and doing yoga. It's a known side effect. Very interesting discussion. Dr. Susanna Stoika, our guest, thank you very much for uh, joining us, sharing the information you have. Uh, As I mentioned, you've authored a number of books, including Heal Your Brain, Reclaim Your Life, How to Recover and Thrive After Concussion. The uh, website that I mentioned earlier for you at Healing Brain Injury, that's all as one word, dot com. Thank you for joining us and providing this information. Certainly, we wish you the best of health. Thank you so much for having me and for giving me the opportunity to share my information, which is a passion of mine. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.